Welcome into another special edition of New Track Record Podcast. And today we are joined by the owner of Peretta Autosport, Beth Peretta. Beth, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thanks for having me. Now, Beth, coming up tonight on Wednesday, May 18th, you're going to be part of the Delapena Motorsports Next Gen Foundation launch, the Delora Factory in Speedway. You're going to serve as one of the Lightning Talk guests. What can people expect out of this event? And, you know, how important is it for you to be involved in, in helping more girls get involved in motorsports? Actually, I'm not going to be there in person, uh, but I did uh, give them some some uh, some video and uh, a donation that is hopefully going to support the event. But uh, unfortunately, I am very busy working on my team and have to travel out of the country. So I unfortunately am going to miss it. But very happy with what Michelle is doing with the foundation, honoring her father, John Delapena, to get more young people and focusing also on young girls interested in karting. Because as we try to get more women in motorsport across all roles, it really starts with what's their introduction to sport. And yes, maybe they could, may aspire to become a racing driver. Maybe they could become an engineer or a mechanic. But at the very least, maybe they can become lifelong fans. And that's why things like this are so important. Now, Beth, you mentioned your team and the announcement was made a few weeks back that Peretta Autosport is going to partner with Ed Carpenter Racing and run Simona Di Silvestro in three road course events later this season for the NTT IndyCar Series, Road America, Mid-Ohio, and then the Music City GP on the streets of Nashville. How did this partnership come together? Well, I've uh, known Ed Carpenter for several years and uh, talked to him off and on. And a lot of times when you, when, if you want to be a new team in IndyCar, the, uh, you really have to have a technical partner to, to start, to, to start and, and have success, at, you know, any sort of modicum of success. It's a lot easier if you have a technical partner. And the reason for that is there's such a depth of talent in the field and depth of engineering and technical talent that if you are lucky enough to put together a partnership, that's just going to help. It, it kind of helps you hit the ground running. So I had a few conversations with Ed over the years to figure out when we could possibly work together. And um, the timing was just right with the, the way that he's got the, the structure of his team now. So basically he's going to run his car on some of the ovals this year. He had the capacity to run this third car. So he's got full time with Reese VK and Connor Daly uh, who had a crazy race this past Saturday in the rain. But um, Ed had made the decision to run a few of the ovals this year, so that gave uh, a little bit of vacancy to be able to take over his car and uh, run his car on road and street courses. So we talked about it. Um, I gave the list of races to Simona, and she picked uh, her top races that she wanted, her, the top tracks that she wanted to go to. So it was a bit of a collaborative decision and uh, put the deal together, and, and hopefully this could be something that we could do long term. Now, Beth, obviously running the road and street course races, a a difference in your program from last year where you just ran the Indy 500. Why the change this year? That's a great question. So uh, we had the opportunity to do do the 500 again this year, and and I kind of made the decision in late fall, early spring, that because it wasn't going to be – I didn't have the ability to work with Team Penske the way that I did last year. So they still have been helping behind the scenes with – with uh, with some some different things on the business side and, and advice and and that sort of thing, but the people that were working with us last year are working actually on a, a different sports car program, and so physically the guys that were, were helping us out are not even in the are not even in the country. They're back and forth to Germany, so we knew that that wasn't a possibility. Explored everything else of what we could do for the 500, and I didn't want to do just what we did last year. I really wanted to see growth for our team. So the idea of going to different tracks 
is a better investment in it. Just getting our, our, uh, our crew who are, you know, still new to IndyCar, they need to learn what it's like to go to road America. They need to learn mid Ohio and Nashville and, and maybe some other tracks too. Uh, if we can do some more this year, the idea is, um, for me to just do the 500 only again this year, it wouldn't have given them much more of an education other than, yes, we'd have a great shot at the 500. But this idea of going to new places, learning uh, right side fueling versus left side fueling, you know, the car comes in different direction pit lane. That's a whole different pit stop. You know, you have to learn how to do that. And some of these things that maybe we take for granted that everybody kind of has known for years, everybody has to learn, you know, everybody's a rookie once. And so uh, the idea of bringing our, our team to tracks that they haven't seen before, to me, was that was growth. So that's why we're doing what we're doing. Any possibility of adding more races to this program before the end of the season? Possibly. And I have one, one logistics thing I'm trying to solve. Um, if we'd like to do something on the West Coast, but we're not sure yet, but um, trying to figure out it has to do, has to do with moving things uh, across the country. So we're, we're, getting, uh, we're getting that hopefully sorted. And um, yeah, if, if so, we'd love to. I mean, like anything, you, you always want to do more. And, you know, if we do three to four races this year, then next year I'll look to do more than that. You know, aspira- aspirationally want to do a full season. And if that's not next year, but I can do you know, six races next year, everything to me is a step forward. And, you know, that's, that's the path that we're on. One of the connections that you made to lane your sponsor in KiwiCo, I think it's, it's fascinating. The CEO of that company, her husband, longtime Indy 500 fan, went to the race every year since 1996. How are you able to get connected with them on that? Yeah, how funny is that? Their CMO, Katie Sue. Uh, so I work with a, a, a partner agency that helps us identify uh, potential sponsors, because we're trying to be very practical and pragmatic about it. Like anything, you want to have a partner that is shares similar um, goals, business goals, those sorts of things. Because you know anybody can kind of call Budweiser, but you know, or or you know Starbucks. But w- the idea that we want to talk to kids and we want to talk about education for kids. Okay, let's look at things that might be in the category for. STEM education, STEAM education for kids, and what kind of falls in that category. And we, we found KiwiCo. So um, my partner agency reached out to them, and it happened that when it crossed the desk of the CMO, she's like, I know all about IndyCar. And, and, this is, and, and she immediately connected those dots of like, wow, I've been going to the race for years because my husband's family has been going for years. And these, you know, they live in Southern California now. So certainly if you talk to companies in Indiana, that's not a, you know, that's an unusual thing that people are, have heard of it. But we take for granted that, you know, everyone around the country has the love for Indy as we do. And, you know, sometimes they're familiar. Everyone, of course, has heard of the Indy 500. But when you want to say, okay, Okay, yes, but you can do so much more with it. It was a short conversation with, with Katie at KiwiCo because she said, ah, I've been in the stands. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've seen kids with their parents in, in, you know, at the races. So that actually, you know, the love for the sport certainly makes those conversations a lot easier. And, and we're definitely really lucky to have KiwiCo on board because of that. One of the things that's been kind of hard for teams in the last several years is breaking into the series uh, on a full-time basis. You were part of the Race for Equality and Change program last year, still have an association with them for this year. How would you feel IndyCar is doing in terms of providing resources to help new teams come into the sport and advance them to be full-time status? Um, well, I can't really, I, I can't speak to how they've helped other teams. I mean, I'm, I'm aware of, of ways that they have helped other teams um, just from things that people have, have shared and, and told me, but 
Um, you know, the, what I received last year was um, this, the technical support and, and the ability to, you know, effectively borrow some of the Pen- Team Penske's people and also pay for others. Um, they, they very kindly lent me three people that were salaried. And so Roger said, I'm going to just lend them to you for the month of May. Um, but then everyone else on, that you saw that were the experienced veterans that I had from Team Penske, you know, all of those hourly wages I paid. Um, but, you know, we, we certainly carried our water. You know, we're, we paid the series entry fees. You know, we paid, we paid for our tires. We paid for our engine, all of those things. And, um, and I'm proud of that, too, because, right, you, the idea of this is and, the, and why – programs like this, like Race for Equality and Change and others, any of us that are trying to, I'm trying to break in, but I also have a bigger message here because I'm hoping that we sort of just change the look and feel of the paddock across, you know, just have it reflect society. And it's already doing that. We just, we're we're on path to do more of that and and teams are receptive to that. It's interesting that if you look at what we did we were very visible with all these women. Now you're seeing other teams putting forward stories of the women on their team. And, you know, those women might have been there for a few years, but maybe that team wasn't really putting that woman front and center. So the fact that they're doing that now, it's all helpful and it's all progress. Now, you know, they, they were already on Ganassi's team or Andretti's team and, and, uh, or McLaren's team. So it's nice that you're now hearing about them and hearing their names because it's great for fans and kids to see that those roles exist and because we always focus on the driver. Um, but as I say, you know, like my team's 30 people, 29 of them are not the racing driver. And all of those are critical uh, positions to getting the car running, getting the car on track and, you know, get making the car competitive. So uh, things like race for equality and change and what we did last year, it's kind of that hand up versus a handout. And I think that that's the stuff. It's kind of the whole thing. Give a man a fish or teach a man to fish. And um, that the programs like what you sing with Force Indy, it's just it's sometimes it's some of the stuff behind the scenes that you don't see. It's not just a pile of money. I, I did not get a pile of money. I got something more important than that. I got advice, counsel, um, experienced people to, to show, you know, our new people the way that is going to be, that's, that's like an investment, you know, and um, that's what programs like this do. And, and we, we need to do more of it across, you know, across, across sport and across business, you know, have, making these deliberate actions to, um, you know, pull people up to a, a seat at the table. Uh, and the reason why it, you know, yes, we could say there's a social impact of why it matters, but reality is it's also good business, you know, not to be crass, but it's good business. We want, everybody to watch racing on TV. And the one of the ways for them to watch it is to feel like it matters to them and things like this program, hopefully do that. And I know for, we, we saw the survey results. IndyCar did a survey last year about a fan survey and we were able to identify a you know, the percentage of women that started to be fans only in the past 12 months. And, you know, there's no secret of, of why they might be paying attention. And uh, in addition to that, one thing that's fantastic is how many letters we get from men who are excited because finally their daughters or, or granddaughters watch the race with them. And um, that is heartwarming, too, because I think for those of us that are passionate in racing, the ultimate gift is for someone else to share that passion with us. So how great is it to be able to even sit on the couch at home with your daughter and, and watch the race and she cares about, she cares about it and she doesn't want to change the channel. That's the best, you know, that's kind of the, the best outcome. Absolutely. And you mentioned, you know, your crew and where, where different people have gone and it's not just, you know, the one driver, you have 29 other people. Where are some of the people, for example, that worked on your team last year for the Indy 500 that have gone on to other teams? Where are they at now? 
Well, yeah, that's really exciting. I mean, as awful as it is to see them leave the nest, right? It's fantastic. It's, you know, it's prideful. But we have our, our inside rear tire changer, Madison Conrad. So remember, last year, because we're part-time, and even this year with a partial season, these people, these women have full-time jobs, right? They were doing this on the side, kind of like any other um, one-off entry. These are always fly, we call them fly-ins, right? Or they're, they're, they come in, they do this, and then they kind of go back to their day, daily lives. Uh, but Madison Conrad, who is our inside rear tire changer, um, she her day job, she worked at Roush in uh, in North Carolina. And she wound up just getting promoted to a job supporting the cup teams for all the Roush, uh, you know, the, the Ford engines uh, in NASCAR. So she was she had a, a, a shop based job uh, there. But now through this experience and, and going on the road with us, she had the interest to, to want to you know, continue that path. And so she just got a promotion to do that. And so she's on the road supporting all the uh, all the Ford Cup program, you know, Cup teams um, you know, literally weekend after weekend, which is a grueling schedule. So really hats off to her, but she's, and she also enrolled in, um, she's getting her uh, bachelor's in mechanical engineering. And I think having worked with our engineers on our team, she saw that as something that she wanted for herself. And then separately to that, we had uh, Lauren Sullivan, who was borrowed uh, but from Team Penske for us last year. And she was a performance engineer. She ran the wind tunnel testing for Penske on the NASCAR side. And working with us was her first endeavor on the IndyCar side. And, of course, and I should say, previous to working in racing, she worked for Boeing. So aerodynamics and uh, the idea of, you know, wind tunnel testing was, was, was her experience prior to coming to a race team. So she goes right into seamlessly. She's been, she was at, Pen- she's been at Penske for about six years doing all the wind tunnel stuff for NASCAR, gets uh, lent to our program, loves IndyCar because, of course, aerodynamically, there, it's a whole other um, you know, kettle of fish, as it were. So she, uh, after our program, went back to her management and said, I really would like to work on the IndyCar side. And now she's the technical coordinator for Team Penske's IndyCar program. Um, and, you know, she said to me, you know, specifically, I know that this wouldn't have happened for me if I wasn't on your team, because also there hadn't been women on, on the Penske team on the technical side. And this was also, I think, eye-opening for some of the management at Team Penske to see that there was talent within their ranks that could have been on, on the, on the uh, IndyCar side. And that's now happened. And so those are, those are things that make me smile because now people are doing things that they love. And you might, they might have discovered talent in themselves or the team might have discovered talent that they didn't know that they had. Beth, what are some of the ways that, you know, we can help girls and women get past some of the roadblocks and what are the solutions to get them more involved in motorsports? Uh, I think we've made uh, huge strides in the past, even the past 10 years. I mean, it sounds like this is kind of what we're talking about all the time now. Um, but these, again, it's these deliberate actions. I will say one thing that women do, and this, this is going to sound like a stereotype, but it's absolutely true. Um, Women, and this sort of a, a, you can broadly say this about diversity in general, we want to know that we're invited. We want to know that we're, we're welcome. And it sounds like a little thing, because I know that's, that's always the thing. Okay, now what? What's the action item? What can you do to help these sorts of things? Uh, if you're raising a daughter and a son, make sure that if you're fixing something and, you know, you're using a screwdriver, don't just assume that your son is going to be interested. You know, see if your daughter's interested, too. It's those little things of just including girls. That's what happened to me when I was a little kid. Um, you know, my father was restoring a car and instead of, you know, with my brother, like it was a project of just, you know, a dad and his son working on this project. And I would wa- wander in as a four-year-old. And instead of 
kind of showing me away. They just hand me a part to clean grease off of and, and include me. So those things are deliberate and subtle, but they do matter. But the, the bottom line, as, in, as if you're in a position of hiring people, hire people that don't look like you. Be, be uh, willing to take somebody who's green and train them up, right? It's, it's easier to teach somebody the good habits than have to unlearn bad habits. Sometimes a, a rookie is, uh, is workable if you hire people with the right personality. But I'd say the most important thing overall is just make sure if you're in a position of where you can hire people or any sort of position of power, make sure everyone knows that they're welcome. And it's a subtle thing, but don't assume that everyone knows they're welcome. It's like, you know, with everything that Rod Reed is doing with NXG Karting, these kids in Indianapolis didn't know that they were welcome in the Speedway. In, in to go into IMS. And when you hear those things, it might seem shocking. It might seem like, what, that doesn't make any sense. And because sometimes, you know, if you grow up, uh, you know, depending generationally, you might have always assumed you were welcome places. Some people were not. I mean, to put it in perspective, women were not allowed in the paddock of IMS until 1971. We weren't even allowed in the paddock, right? So when Lynn St. James's first visit to the speedway. She couldn't go in the paddock. Her friends could, but she had to stand at the fence. So that was 1971. They changed the rule that women could get into the paddock. My team of majority women was in 2021. That was 50 years. It took 50 years wow. to have a majority woman's team. So just think about that. That's a long time. And could it have been, could it have been done sooner? Sure. Absolutely. You know, but maybe we didn't know that it was possible. So just if the one thing that you can do every day is make sure everyone else feels welcome. Beth, thanks so much for coming on and anything else you'd like to add in closing? No, that's it. Please support the, the Della Pena foundation, uh, at, uh, Delara tonight. We have donated something. We've donated an actual, uh, month of May worn crew shirt and you can still has grease stains on it. Even though it's laundered, you can see it. The craziest thing is because it's a woman that went over the wall in the Indy 500. You can see how small the shirt is and it gives you perspective of how tiny some of our women are who were, uh, Slinging tires and changing, you know, changing tires in uh, in less than five seconds during the Indy 500. So that's pretty cool. Beth, thanks so much for coming on, and good luck later this season uh, competing in the NTT IndyCar Series. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. If you'd like more of New Track Record Podcasts, you can find us at newtrackrecordpodcast.com. While you're there, sign up for our email list so you never miss an episode. Also, check out the store. You can check out our stickers and T-shirts that are for sale. And you can also become a patron. Thanks to our subscribers on Patreon, Cole and Rob. You can also join them. There are four different pricing tiers that work for you. You can find us on social media. Our Twitter handle is IndyCar Podcast on Facebook. Just search for New Track Record and give us a follow there. And you can also email us. The email address is newtrackrecordpodcast at gmail.com. And as always, you can find us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts, all for free. Thanks for joining us on another edition of New Track Record Podcast. Podcasts by Federated Media.